0: Hi guys, welcome back to Building with Bluebird. Today we have episode 14 and we're going to discuss how to choose a builder. Welcome to
1: Building with Bluebird, the
0: design and renovation
1: podcast brought to you by Christian Case and Jeremy Thomason, directors of Bluebird Design and Build. Highlighting the do's and don'ts of renovating or building your dream home, this podcast will give you the insider's guide to the home building journey. As well as interviewing other industry specialists, Christian and Jeremy bring their knowledge and expertise to the table for you, the people. Now, let's get into this episode. And if you enjoy, please like,
0: share and subscribe.
1: Welcome back. Episode 14, we're looking at how to choose a builder. So I guess this is a question we get a fair bit or you see posting around the place on social media, Facebook groups.
0: Yeah, and everyone that's going to embark upon a project is going to be looking for a builder and preferably at the early stages. And if you've never built before and you're not in that
1: industry, I guess, how do you actually find a builder? Yeah, where do you find them? So, you're not going to go stand <laughs> yeah. at the hardware a or a bunting store. <laughs> yeah. Butterfly so. net at a bunning store. Oh, uh, and at the moment, <laughs> in 2023, it is quite hard to grab a builder, I guess, that isn't busy.
0: So Yeah, that's right. A lot of guys, well, that we know at least, have got, pretty much most of their year already mapped out. Yeah. So we've put together
1: some topics that I think should be covered when you're selecting a builder, instead of just settling with one or going and speaking to a thousand different builders. I guess a few of these topics if you can cross them off with your selected or preferred people, then it's a good way to start.
0: Yeah, that's right. So where do you find yeah how do you actually find them? So a good one is always asking friends and family for referrals. Yep. Referrals are a great, great way to find people, whether it's a builder or, or someone else, just because you know that they know of them, have probably worked with them before or know someone that's worked with them, hopefully had a favourable experience? Yeah. So like, even if it isn't a builder, if you've got someone that you
1: know that's a Sparky or a plumber or any other trade, asking them if they've used a builder or they're working with someone and they can refer them. Even um, Facebook groups. I know there's a lot
0: of community pages around. Yeah. The community pages love that stuff. Someone will say... Does anyone know a good carpenter or electrician or builder?
1: Yeah, I guess that's another way. It's just an
0: easier way to find referrals. And people love putting their person forward. Yes, and and also... Our person's the best.
1: Yeah, and also the good and the bad. I guess that's one thing to be wary of, just because someone's had a bad experience with a builder or a trade doesn't mean that's necessarily the correct, so...
0: Yeah, there are always two sides to every story. Yes. So So maybe, maybe do some digging around. Yeah. So what happened if that was the case? I don't think there's really
1: any other ways. I think referrals is the best way because you feel comfortable. You know, someone who's worked with them before.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's obviously doing a Google search and saying, but you know, if you Google Brisbane Builder, you probably notice the first, I think, three pages are paid ads. Yes, so,
1: and it's quite easy to pay for ads to get yep. you up there and pay for Google stars and getting fake reviews and we've seen it all in the industry, unfortunately. But, I mean, if
0: someone is on the first couple of pages and it's a paid ad, that doesn't mean they're a bad builder. No. So probably a good builder. That's it.
1: So I think referrals and asking around is a better way to do it because you can feel a little bit more comfortable that it's not a fake person. It's actually someone who's real and someone who's worked with them before.
0: Yeah. You can also actually go into bigger hardware stores that have a lot of builders. Yes. Just ask them who are good operators and you're bound to get a few good leads there as well.
1: Yeah. Hardware stores, tile supply shops, plumbing stores,
0: most of them have their preferred builders. Also, just trawling social media, it doesn't mean that you're going to find the right builder on social media, but you could at least find builders that do the type of projects that you're wanting to embark upon. Yeah. So that's, I guess,
1: one of the other items as well is, does your the builder that you're looking at actually specialize in what your type of job is? Is it a raise and build? Is it a new home? Is it a, a modern home? Is it a traditional home? these things all come into play because if they've worked on them before, there's definitely going to be some efficiencies there. And they know, especially with renovations in the old Queenslanders, there's a few little hiccups here and there.
0: Yeah, that's right. Or if you're doing, you know, a big freeform concrete structure, you probably don't want someone that hasn't worked with that stuff before. Yes, correct. Um, I mean, that's not to say that they can't. Builders and, you know, carpenters and tradesmen are very good at sort of planning things out and that's sort of why people – or those guys love the industry because it's problem-solving. So just because someone hasn't done it doesn't mean they won't be able to do it and do it well, but there are, as you said, definitely efficiencies that come with having done something before and, and really understanding it.
1: Yeah, especially those old Queenslanders here in Brisbane, at least, like, there's some doozies with them. Yeah, None, none of them are straight. We love them. Yes. <laughs> we haven't
0: done one for a while, actually. I want to do another one of those soon. Getting dirty in the demo stage? Yeah, well, that's what pretty much all of our carpenters that have been with us for For many years, they all came up doing raisin builds and Queenslanders and colonials. We actually haven't done one in a while, so (laughs) we better get back in there. So in terms of
1: other items to look for, I guess is do your values align? If you've got a builder coming out and you're speaking to them, are they aligning with what you're wanting to achieve? So is it high-end finishes? Is it not paying for the cheapest trade? It's about getting quality work done or are you looking for the cheapest build to just yeah, get a product
0: yeah. over the line? Yeah, as well as the values of the actual product. I think there's the values of the process as well. Yes. So, you know, we as a business really value our process, particularly in the preliminary stages of making sure that everything is, is well documented. All the information is available for when we do start the design, like surveys, council searches, all that sort of stuff that you might need that will throw a spanner in the works later if you don't have it. So Or delay the start. Or delay the start date, which all those things add extra upfront cost. But we value that because we know it'll make a difference and a smoother transition to actually getting on site and getting building approval and starting the build.
1: Yes. So
0: is that the way that you sort of, your personality works and you like to operate? And is that the way you will approach your project? Then I'd definitely say that finding a builder that, you know, aligns with those values and thinks in the same way is the way to go, rather than someone that's just like, Oh yeah, we'll just we'll get started with plans and then we'll deal with the rest of the stuff as it comes up. Yeah, rushing into a job, I guess, is But I mean, that's not that is a different way to it approach is. it. It's not the way we like to do it. And it's not to say it's wrong. It's just different. And there's there's too many unknowns for us to do it that way. But you know, if that's your style, then find someone, a builder that thinks in the same way.
1: Yeah, for sure. So in terms of the rest of the project, I guess finding The other values in them in terms of honesty and being upfront. Also, yeah, being confident in the job because those are big values that you really need to look for. If the builder's not confident and not honest from the get-go and you're not aligning with that, it can cause a lot of issues down the line and putting, it's your biggest asset and you're probably your your, um, biggest project you're ever going to undertake or one of the bigger projects in your life. So you want to be able to trust who you're working with and get along with them.
0: Yeah. And as you touched on before, like, are you going to go to the market with your plans as the client and get three or four tenders for every trade and three or four tenders for the builder? Are you looking for that cheapest price? If you are, then, you know, choosing the right builder is...
1: Yeah, so there you're not valuing
0: the builder, you're valuing the price. Yeah, so... Yeah, you know, if you find a builder and he uses the same trades over and over, he's got an awesome crew. But yet you want to substitute the cheapest yeah, trade. And try and yeah. I guess finding that out up front is yeah, another one. Yeah.
1: So that's the other, I guess another question is do they use their own trades or are you allowed to supply trades? Yeah. Where well, I know a lot of guys don't do it and a lot of guys do as well. I think it's a bit of a preference. We prefer not to, just in the in the wake that it's not worth the issues, I guess, especially at the moment in the market. With everything being so volatile and everyone's so busy, having people you've worked with before know they're reliable, it makes the situation a lot easier. Yeah, that's right. So I guess the next one is how many projects do they have on the go and what's their capacity as a business? Some guys only like to have one on the go. Some companies have heaps, uh, hundreds. So it depends on, them. I guess, what you feel comfortable with and the confidence of them.
0: Yeah, are you looking for a builder that's still on the tools every day and managing the process on site, you know, from the whole way? Or are you sort of looking for more of a bigger structured company that's got a shop front and office, administration staff, and all that sort of stuff? So,
1: yeah. And the thing is, bigger isn't always better. Like some guys, smaller operators are just as organized as these bigger crews. The bigger companies are a well-oiled machine. That's just how they work because their margins are lower. So they rely on these processes being flawless. in All the saying, ones that are still around. Yeah, in saying that, in this market, having those, those items that are supposed to be flawless to rely on these lower overheads, everyone's prices have hiked up, so they're not working at the moment doesn't mean that the smaller guys don't have these processes. There's a lot of software around that's allowing for guys to get these processes in place. And I think the building industry is becoming a lot more professional in that regard, that these bigger companies are no longer just the most organised guys anymore. Yeah. And I guess the capacity of what they can build. How many projects can they have on the go that's comfortable that yours is not going to go to the back? And also not signing you up and then letting your site sit there for six months. We saw that last year.
0: Yeah, we I mean, lot. See, see a lot of that. Sites sort of, mm-hmm. signs go up and house gets demolished and then you don't see a slab down for six months. Yeah, it was just
1: guys obviously locking work in and or companies locking work in and I guess that's the bigger guys as well doing those sort of things.
0: Um, and I mean, it was pretty wild. So not I'm not going to say that it was all the builder's fault because no, finding, getting subbies on site was a nightmare. So. Oh, and yeah,
1: concrete was a yeah. huge issue last year. Yeah. Um, still is, but... Yeah, making sure that you're not paying for a site just to sit there. You're signing a contract and then, yeah, waiting six months, is not ideal. You, it's money out of your pocket. Yeah. Especially with the interest rates at the moment. So then how, like their staff, so are they using full-time staff? Have they got contract crews? So are they hiring chippies? and
0: Yeah, so just with the type of work, some jobs lend themselves more to contract crews of chippies, and it's generally new homes that are a bit easier to build, not fully intricate details, but more of less architectural, really. So simplistic builds, yeah, they can use contract crews, and those guys are really efficient. They're fast, and that's because they do that stuff over and over, and it's because those houses are designed in a way to lend themselves to contract crews yeah so you're just finding out how often do they work with these guys and can they pencil them in and making sure that they're reliable yeah but then if you're talking about a high-end new build like really architecturally finished or even renovations I think you really need to make sure that those builders have got their own full-time carpenters on staff yeah so just to ensure that the quality is there yeah
1: and also there's a bit more responsibility yeah um, I guess Either way, there is responsibility back on the builder. But if it's their full-time staff and full-time chippies. They're all trained up the way that the builder likes them to run. Yeah, and the they most- know exactly what the company ex- expects from them.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a, a balancing act depending on the project. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter what size building company you're going to use. If it's a, a builder that's still on the tools every day or a bigger bigger company, You really want to know how they're going to manage their administration work because that is probably every bit as important in running a building business.
1: I think it's probably more important because it's your set of rules and your guidelines. Yeah. If you don't adhere to these rules and guidelines and don't understand your contracts, you can really come unstuck. Yeah you can breach them your contracts multiple times without even realizing it. Yeah, yeah. So having those contract admin people in place or at least someone who's proficient
0: at it I think is very um, vital for both parties involved. Yeah, and just like things like, you know, when a client will come and have a site meeting, if they decide they want to make a variation, is the builder or the contracts administrator in that scenario are they issuing the variation quickly after the request to make sure that it's signed off before the work begins. Yeah, and you're not penalised from the guys having to,
1: or the builder having to move forward and then having to go back. Whereas if they've got the correct processes in place, they can get that variation before.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, definitely as the, well, builder and homeowner, you don't want to have to be receiving variations. Like, let's say you've moved a door or a wall at framing stage. You don't want to be then receiving variations when you're doing the final external concreting and stuff like that, like months later. Yes. And you get a big shock because you've got three or four variations that you haven't seen before and now you've got to come up with that extra money.
1: Yes. So, yeah, having that correct office background or involvement definitely helps. The next one is do they have their insurances in place? That's probably a big one as well in terms of whose insurance covers what. Like a big one, I guess, is if you move out, who takes over the insurance of the house if it burns down? So, normally the builders will, but you need to definitely check those sort of items and also what are they insured up to a certain value.
0: Yeah. And that also is all within the building contract, too.
1: Yes. So, or well, depending on what contract you use. Yeah. So, that leads in, I guess, to the next one is what building contract you use.
0: Yeah. So, that is definitely something you should be, if you've decided, you know, one or two builders you're hoping to proceed with and work with through to, through the pricing and, and all that sort of stuff for the prelims, what contract do they use? Ask them up front because yep. you don't want to get everything signed off and say, oh, yeah, we're happy with the quote, the scope, the price. We want to use this builder and then find out that the contract that they use you don't want to use. Yeah, or that will probably send the deal south and you, it won't proceed. So get that question out of the way up front. Get a blank copy of the contract and actually read it. Like it's Yeah, or get, get legal advice. Yeah get legal uh, advice if you're not competent at reading a contract. I mean the contract we use is Master Builders, yep. very easy to read and understand even if you're not in the building industry. Yeah, they they're extremely simple. It's just a set of
1: rules that yeah. but in saying that a lot of there is a lot of contracts out there that are very vague. Yeah. Whereas the one we've used we find to be pretty pretty good and
0: Yeah. Quite but you, straightforward. Ha- you have to read it. Like the amount of people that just try to sign a contract without reading the terms and conditions. Well,
1: they do. They sign a contract yeah. and then
0: they're like, oh, I didn't know how
1: to do yeah. this. And it's like, well, it's all right there yeah. in front of you. Even if you've read through the contract with them, yeah, it still, I guess, doesn't sink in sometimes. It doesn't take long to read that contract from front to back,
0: maybe 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, there's, yeah, it's actually quite easy to use. Yeah. So yeah, understanding what contracts they use and that way if you know exactly up front what contracts they're going to use, you can get ahead of the game in terms of reading it, going over it, and then when it's time to sign or choose a builder, you already know what's happening. Yeah. I guess the next one comes down to, and this is a funny one, I guess, is referrals. We get a lot of people
0: asking to... Look through a client's house.
1: Yes, and once it's finished. i <laughs> um, uh, I feel, I get it, and I understand why you do it. But as a homeowner, I wouldn't want someone walking through my house. Like I've got two kids, and the house is always just destroyed. Like yeah. no matter what you do, but it's your personal space. So
0: yeah, so we don't we don't ever really ask our previous clients to. No, to we be value able to privacy. A, a client walk through. It's just something we we don't want to do. And, you know, if you sign up with us and do a build with us, we won't be coming to you after the build and saying, can we have someone walk through your finished home?
1: Yeah, and I, we've had our homeowners that are happy to do it. Yeah. But by the time you go back and forth and try to rearrange a time and then someone can't make it and then they want to go another time, you've got two different parties you've got to organise along with your time to try and get them in there. And I just feel like it causes a headache for the homeowner. Yeah. And then also... A lot of the time they want to present it well and they want to do justice so they're sitting there cleaning it and putting additional stress on. Yeah. I just, I
0: feel bad. (laughs) Check out the photos on our website. Yeah, or yeah, just ask for a a pack. I think a more important one than seeing a finished job is actually visiting an active construction site. Yeah. Which we're always happy to facilitate because you can just see that stuff is happening on site. You can see is the site a mess? Is it kept clean and tidy? Well presented, even though it's a construction site. They got their storage all sort of neatly stacked and in order.
1: Yeah, there's not coke cans and beer cans in
0: the walls. That's sort of one I think is more important when you're trying to work out how a builder operates is actually visiting an active site. And that's something we would be if we progress with you, happy to facilitate when supervised.
1: Yeah, and I think most builders do it as well because it's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, to do instead of yeah chasing previous clients and trying yeah. to arrange it. They're actually on site most days so it's easy for them to come have a meeting. You can actually meet some of their staff then is a good way to do it as well. Yeah. So not only visit the site, see the build-up, you can actually see some of their subbies or anyone on site. And then also just ask for referrals from them. Like most builders have got referrals yeah. written.
0: Yeah, and they've already got them written from previous clients or really outgoing clients might be happy to field a phone call or... Yeah. Have an email,
1: yes, or yeah, even an email. Like, there's no issues with that. I guess it's just about giving out previous clients' details is a bit of a privacy issue, I guess. So I just don't feel comfortable doing it because, yeah, I wouldn't want someone calling me constantly. And then, especially if they get a bit carried away during the build, and they're like, "Oh, can I call you for advice?" And this poor homeowner is just like <laughs> trying <laughs> to get stuck in the middle. Yeah, so I guess yeah, just looking at and then also their online presence as well on their website. I guess if they've They're presenting themselves well. That means normally they're organized. And they actually care. Yeah. They're not just some person that's just old school or there's nothing wrong with old school, but at least they're showcasing their products and take some pride in their work. So having that well-presented images put forward definitely, I think, paints a good picture about a builder. Then we've got what contract? We've already tackled contracts, but do they have software in place?
0: Yeah, so... A lot of builders now are, there's so many different softwares out there that allow them to have the project management software of a bigger company. So they are not without their expense, but they're, in our opinion, yeah, quite valuable. We have a few, but do they have a software that you as the client can log into, see general sort of the schedule, progress updates, photos, document storage? So, you know, you can upload all your contracts, contracts, all your variations. So you can just have that one sort of source of truth for where everything is stored in relation to the job.
1: It's also great with, um, if you've got variations in place, actually tracking where your price of your build is sitting. Yeah. A lot of people get shocked or their PC and PS items. In a build, they just don't keep track of them, no matter how much you send to them. Sometimes, I guess, they just don't keep track of it and they get a bill and they're just like, oh, what's this for? Yeah. And they've forgotten that they've signed this variation. So it happens a fair bit. But having that software in place then you can actually track it. It helps you. You can see what you've paid as well. Yeah. It also gives you a form of contact. We upload photos a fair bit so they can see what works are happening on site. And then they can also pick up, oh, yeah, I put a PowerPoint there, but maybe I want to I wanna shift it. So these softwares allow for, for you to access it. It's also great when, as from our side, that we don't have clients calling us at eight, nine o'clock at night asking for a document. It's all there.
0: Yeah. Well, I won't answer if they call me at eight o'clock at night. I know, you're pretty bad with your phone. <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's family time. Don't yeah. ring your builder at 8 o'clock at night.
1: But yeah, so having these softwares in place is uh, a great way to just have all your information in one place. And the thing is, the access to it these days is out of control. Yeah, It used to be a very commercial product, but now it's it's widely available to everybody. So following a lot of those, using a lot of those questions towards your builder should hopefully give you some confidence in selecting
0: someone. Yeah, and sort to- of... I, I would always recommend interviewing at least a couple, like two, maybe three. Yeah, three is probably uh, three is a magic number. Yeah, well, I mean, you might you might have to do more if you don't find someone you're comfortable with. But if I, you're at, if you're at ten builders, yeah, um, then there's uh, what you, I don't think it's the builders <laughs> issue. No, year. no, but you know, between if you go and interview three builders, you're probably going to find one that you gel with. Yes, um, and you align with. And if you follow those steps, you should find someone that you're going to be able to have a really good working relationship with and have a really good outcome. Yeah, great. I think that's it for today. That's it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.
1: All right, folks, thanks for listening to Building a Bluebird. We hope you got some great information out of today's episode. If there are any questions or topics you want us to cover or even if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please reach out via Instagram, which is bluebird underscore DB or head to our website, www.bluebirddb.com.au and contact us through there. Make sure you also like, share and subscribe so you don't miss out on any exciting future episodes. All the information that has been discussed during this podcast is purely based off our own personal experiences and those experiences of our guests. The information, advice and opinions presented are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. We recommend you obtain professional advice in regard to any of the topics discussed during this podcast.